And we now on the line to talk a little bit more about the relationship between the University of Forte and the Liberation Struggle Movement with Secretary General of the ANC, Mr. Gwede Mantash. A very good evening to you and thank you very much for speaking to us, Mr. Mantash. If you'll allow uh, me... Hello, if you'll allow me to just pick up on some of the statements there made by Minister Pando on the issue of leadership of thought. In your own speech, you've highlighted the various statesmen that come from Forte. What were their distinguishing factors or characteristics, rather? You know, this is one of the most important lectures that was delivered by Ndade Mangosutuk Televu. It was quite impactful, and Naled is speaking on behalf of the family, the, the, the Matthews family, and even the input by Blade, if you put them together, it was actually a lesson that we should keep and read over and over. Given the history of an institution that was established on the basis of determination to learn under the most adverse conditions, when uh, Africans were not allowed to study. In this case, they established an institution in the middle of a war in 1916 and produced intellectuals uh, who actually impacted on the whole continent and in South African liberation struggle immensely. Now, one has to talk about evolution. You yourself have spoken about the curriculum, but I'm asking this question that if we're talking about education as a practice of freedom and the current challenges that we face, what kind of conversation uh, should take place about the curriculum which promotes, for instance, multiculturalism? Now, curriculum must be to what are the needs of society. And the curriculum must respond to the needs of society. And in my own view, what we normally understate is the progress we're making for this. You know, the Minister of Higher uh, Education was giving us this report that, listen, today we are having over one million students in universities. Forty years started with 42 students, today it is having 13,500. Now, that progress is, must be celebrated. Then, in the process of developing, continue to improve the quality of our education so that our education is responsive to the needs of society, uh, domestic and international. You have also uh, spoken about, for instance, uh, the what you call the rejuvenation of student activism that we've seen on campuses uh, in, in the past couple of months. But it speaks to those very challenges, that we've moved from the challenges, uh, not entirely, uh, we've moved from the challenges, therefore we need some kind of curriculum that teaches um, how students overcome their oppressors, and there are many oppressors in this case. If we talking about the economic and social situation. Then comes the question, the kind of teacher that is equipped to teach that curriculum. Uh, one mistake we can commit to this is to think that we can have a long list of problems and then hope that we'll just press a button and correct them. What we should be doing is to continue investing in what we are doing and improve what comes out of the system. 
For example, I have heard people saying that this education is so bad. Uh, I have an uh, experience of seeing young people who go to professions that we could only dream about in the past, and they're doing very well, they're not inferior. We must just ensure that we give proper career guidance so that we don't continue generating uh, a majority of social scientists when the economy requires hard skills and financial skills. So the education must respond to the needs. Uh, I'm not one of the people who believe that there will be time when there will be no need for social science. But what what will be what is the problem? We translate into a number of graduates who do not get employed. Is when we generate a surplus, but there will always be need for social scientists. But we must spread our skills and, uh, and advise our students to do what is needed by the economy. Mm. Uh, but that also involves getting experts on board. If we're talking about pedagogy, for instance, there are methodological uh, failings that we've seen at lower and higher levels of our education system. So, uh, again, I hear what you're saying, that one can't... Um, uh, overwhelm a society with the kind of problems that it faces, but there, there, is, there are problems if you look at the ideology of paternalism, social control uh, and just the non-reciprocity between experts and communities. How do you resolve those issues? Uh, I'm sorry if you were invited today, Petiso. You would be having a story to tell when you saw the, the arm of academics who were there who are dedicating time on educating young children. South Africans have faded from uh, academy and left that to the conservatives and to a lot of the extreme left uh, because people think that it is better to be in BE than to be in the academia. The more we encourage young brains, sharp intellectuals to get into the academia, the better our education will be. But if we, we neglect it, we are going to complain outside because with no active interest in education, we leave that space and hope that luck will befall us. Hmm. And that therein also brings in the issue of resources. You've also said uh, of uh, the role of uh, an institution of this in in local communities. How will the ANC as a governing party help mobilize the resources required for those who are on the periphery of what is seen as the economic engine which draws in a wider variety of people? One of the things that we should be doing is to build economy and create new opportunities. Everything that the solution is on dividing what is existing will not find a solution. People must have uh, exploit new opportunities, work on them, develop them, and create more space for people to grow. At the same time, engage what is in place in terms of redistribution of wealth and redistribution of land in particular. So all I'm saying is that people must also grow the economy, grow opportunities, take opportunities, exploit them. Mm. If you think that you will not exploit opportunities, you will be lucky to to move ahead with your dreams. 
It's a mistake. But what kind of public-private partnerships need to exist in order to extend this to all universities, given the fact that the NC itself has highlighted the challenges that we've seen recently at universities? Not everybody is able to access uh, quality education, but also quality education costs money. The, 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 the private sector must avail more resources for bursaries and scholarships. That's what it should do. So that the state resources can be redirected to assist those people who are in need. Because sometimes when you give bursaries and scholarships on the basis of merit, a person who comes from a poor area with has no resources, and you take numbers of going to be taken into a university, it distorts the capacity of that student. Then the state resources can be redirected to assist kids from poor families who have the potential to grow, but the schools they come from understand their potential and their ability to, to grow. Thank you so much for speaking to us. The Secretary General 